Hi, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi, Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is my castmate, James T. Lane, who is currently playing Billy Flynn in Chicago on Broadway. We're going to talk all about the long, winding roads that led us both here. We're going to talk about uh, our own conversations with our relationships to substances. (laughs) Don't worry, it's cute. And um, we're also going to talk about the wise, wise old universe and all of the (laughs) ways it opens doors for us if we're willing to walk through them. It's a lovely conversation with a lovely person. So hunker down, buckle up and sink your teeth into some brand new hijinks. M. Oh. M. Mom. Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by actor, dancer, and my fellow Chicago cast member playing Billy Flynn, it's James T. Lane. Hi, James T. Lane. Hi, Jinx. So, do you get a lot of people feeling like they have to call you James T. Lane every time? Yes. People always call my whole name, my <laughs> whole government name all the time. I mean, I love it, you know, but it's it's a thing. People like, and James T. Lane. It, it feels, it just rolls off the tongue. And when I say James, I feel like no one's going to know who I'm talking about. <laughs> because every time you're brought up, it's James T. Lane. It's James T. Lane. Um, so let's get a snapshot of you right now. Um, you have been in Chicago before. Mm-hmm. You took over the role of Billy Flynn at the same time that I came on as Mama. But how many years had you been in the male ensemble of the show? Well, I started Jinx in 2008. And um, the last time I was here was 2018. So that okay. was a, over a span That's a of decade. a decade. <laughs> Within that time, I was in and out of the show maybe five or six times. Mm-hmm. It was a big chunk in the beginning and a big chunk at the end, but about five or six times. So, and I'm loving being in the class of 2023. <laughs> um, this show seems to be one like that where, because it's ran for so long, this is not a typical Broadway show Mm-mm. because it has run so long. It has a certain amount of ease and comfort and that familial feeling that um, I've talked about in every interview. Everyone's heard at length. Um, So there's a lot of privileges with this show having run as long as it has. And once Phantom closes, it will be the longest running show on Broadway. Yes, absolutely. So um, what are some of the perks to such a long running show and getting to be able to come back and forth like that? And um, what are some of the perks of shorter shows, the shows that... um, 
you know that you're going to be in for a, a chunk of time and then you get your life back. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, let's go with the shorter first. Okay. The shorter, the shorter, you can definitely build your resume. You know, you can, you can rack them in if you're, <laughs> if you're that fortunate, you know, and, 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 and working as much as, 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 as that would entail. Um, you know, so there's definitely that, um, you know, and you can also, you know, work regionally, uh, mm -hmm. if, you know, if a show closes on Broadway that, that you thought like that was going to run a long time, like for instance, take for instance, I did the Scottsboro boys, uh, Susan Strom and Kander and Ebbs. Uh, it's the last show that, uh, Fred Ebb actually was alive to write mm -hmm. on. And, um, and, um, Susan Stroman show. Like, oh, we're going to run, you know, yeah. it's Kander and Ebb. They run <laughs> Chicago, Cabaret, we can run, 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 run. Baby, that closed in six weeks. My <laughs> face was cracked, you know, and, um, you know, and, and it was a great show. Mm -hmm. I, and I did it in London, too. But what happened was, uh, you know, it was such a surprise, but it, it made me focus on it made me think about who am I if I'm not in a Broadway show? Mm -hmm. What does that feel like in living in New York City? Mm -hmm. So I grappled with a lot of those feelings. And then, but it also, all of a sudden, I was looking at symphony work. Mm -hmm. So that led to my Carnegie Hall debut with the New York Pops, Indianapolis Symphony, Ottawa Symphony. And I was like, oh, I really like this song and dance guy in front of an 80-piece orchestra <laughs> singing these great songs. A, a guy can get used to that. Yeah. So, so it, opportunity comes, you know, and, um, you know, if you're open to it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and so I left New York City and that led to me going to London and all of that stuff. Long running shows, you mentioned it, family, family, family. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like, even when I'm working in another show in another theater, there's nothing like coming to the stage door of Chicago the Musical <laughs> and knowing you're going to know two-thirds of the people <laughs> yeah. that are there, still hanging out, Jonathan mm -hmm. Watts. I think this is like the 22nd time she's been here. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you know you're going to know so many people in the cast. Um, and there were some long haulers mm -hmm. like that just kind of left like 20 years, 18 years, 17 Yeah, Amherst Faye was Amherst 20 Faye. years. Right. And it sounds like, it sounds like even though, you know, she's moved on, it sounds like she's never going to actually leave full time because who knows when someone who, will get married and <laughs> right. who knows, you know, and she up, knows yeah. it like the back of her hand, you know, and, um, and what a gift that is, mm -hmm. you know, to have this vocabulary inside your body. Um, employment, you know, when, yeah. when, you know, you can always turn to, you know, hey, I'm in town and I'm here for a while, Duncan and Stuart Whitley, you know, what's <laughs> going on, you know, and, and, and they, you know, they were, you know, looking at me. And I didn't even know it, you know, mm. and uh, for this in terms of like, because I had been on the road for a year doing something else. So having that family in New York City, I've got a few families around mm -hmm. around the earth, you know, like the family at the Young Vic in London. You know, I got family at the Muni in, mm -hmm. in, 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 you know, in St. Louis, you know, over at Encores, which is where Chicago actually started this version of Chicago in 1996, yeah. you know, so I've got family there. They're like pockets of spaces where like they they pick up the phone and they say hey is james available and we mm. like those calls yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know okay so you've talked about so much um that i think you know when i have artists on i'm always thinking about what about the younger listeners who have aspirations for this industry or this mm -hmm. career 
What are the things we can say to them that maybe doesn't get said enough? And so a few things you talked about was, who am I if I'm not on Broadway? living in New York, I feel like so much of my adulthood has been about reconciling my expectations with reality. Because mm-hmm. there, I think one of the best things I've learned, it took me a while to learn it, but if I could impart this on young people, um, one of the best things I've learned is everything doesn't happen all at once, mm-hmm. more often than not, you know? We can't say that never happens because we've seen people, you know, just like out of nowhere get discovered and then everything happens for them. Mm -hmm. But that's not how it typically goes for, you know, someone who wants to have a full life career in this industry. And an an enduring career. Yeah. (laughs) With longevity, with stamina, um, with consistency. And one of the things you talked about is being open to new opportunities. And Rue talks about this all the time. If the universe is giving you a clear path, why look at that path and say, but I want to take this other path. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? You can take the path that the universe is opening up for you and then redirect it back to Mm -hmm. the path you want. Mm -hmm. And Broadway was always in my sight lines. I've been talking a lot um, to Ryan, who plays Mary Sunshine lately, about when I won season five of Drag Race, I thought what's happening for me right now was supposed to happen then. Mm -hmm. But thank God it didn't because I have so much more appreciation, understanding, and I think I have the ability to have that longevity Mm -hmm. and consistency and enduring career now that I've put the 10 years in and built my way up to this rather than having it all happen overnight immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if there are young listeners thinking... You know, once you make your debut on Broadway, that that's it. You're set for life and no more hard work and you get to wipe your hands off. And, okay, listen, we're not all Adina Menzel. And even Mm -hmm. she, you know, she started in Rent and then Mm -hmm. Wicked happened how many years later? Like a decade at least. Exactly. So even the big stars that we admire today didn't have this like straight shot to the highest tier. Mm -hmm. Everyone works at it. If you Mm -hmm. want to have a career in this, Kristen Chenoweth's been working at Mm -hmm. it for decades. She has her big moments and then she, then she, you know, might not be as notable or as talked about for a couple Mm -hmm. of years, but she still works Mm -hmm. every goddamn (laughs) year. Right. She's She's always on something. something. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, she on that? Yeah, <laughs> she, she, she over here. Yeah. She's a teacher. Like yeah. you know, it's she, she's she pops up. You know, it's because it, it's about the craft. You mm-hmm. know, I think at the core of it is a is a deep love and appreciation of what it is, mm-hmm. and um and those are the folks that continue to resurface and 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 um you know um I I don't want to use the word chameleon, but like 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 um morph themselves into um or, or go after other things that they're interested in mm-hmm. you know that that is so important um you know you you saying yes to the moment let's get back to that mm-hmm. and saying yes to the next moment you know i think i think the things start to happen in the universe when you're ready mm-hmm. you know and 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 the universe recognizes that when you're ready and sometimes that takes that long and winding road so that you can have these experiences because the universe is a lot 
older and wiser than we possibly could be ever. Um, so yeah, I felt ready years ago. You're like, I wanted it. I wanted it. <laughs> and I convinced myself I was ready. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe I was. But I also know I had a whole journey ahead of me with my gender identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a whole journey ahead of me with um, my relationship to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And had these opportunities arisen for me earlier in life, it's possible I could have really fucked my chances of having that enduring yes. career we're talking about yeah. because I still needed a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. I still need I still had a lot of work to doing uh, to do on myself. And while I had the drive and maybe the talent, I didn't have the discipline. Mm-hmm. And that's a big big part of it. And this is something we share. Um I think in week 1 we realized we were both family and we were both um, right. sober. You can feel free to talk about it, not talk about it, but how has your um Gosh, you've got a lot of things going on in your life. You are 45 years old, Mm -hmm. you're married, Mm -hmm. you're queer, you're black, and you're sober, and you're an actor. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of those things overlap with each other, and I'm sure play into each other. Absolutely. Um, Give us a snapshot of (laughs) what it means to be a 45-year-old queer, sober, (laughs) black actor <laughs> you know um from south philadelphia you know i mean born and raised born and raised <laughs> right 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 will was up the street and 10 years older but um you know i i just you know with the things that i was up to jinx at 22 mm-hmm. you know i shouldn't be here <laughs> you know I, should, I was i was you know making left turns where where the universe was like right 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 you know i mean and that's just the truth of it you know so it's 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 a, it's a it's it's a miracle that i'm here and it's divine and <laughs> you're you're just preaching to the choir <laughs> yeah. i say uh, every year that i'm uh, celebrate a birthday People say, how was this year? And I always say, I'm just glad I'm still alive, honestly. <laughs> right. You know, and, um, you know, I you know, I came from the projects, you know, and, um, you know, just a little black gay boy dancing, you know. And um, but I had these teachers that poured into me so much. And my mother, you know, was, you know, she, you know, we we she she went hungry a lot. Mm. So that I could, you know, have opportunities. And I'm really, really grateful for that. You know, and um, an interesting thing happened when I was 22 years old. And and interestingly enough, it's when I started using. Mm. But I tore my Achilles tendon. Mm. And Mm -hmm. um, that was the end of, like, the Superman thing. Or, like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I can't just wake up and hit the step or do the thing. Or I was on tour with Fame the Musical uh, in in the early 2000s. I was on the road. And, um, you know, I started using, and it was like like a gift to myself. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It was like, nobody Mm -hmm. can take this away. I've got this thing, Mm -hmm. and it's mine. Exactly. It's mine, and I can do it. When I want it and how I want it, you know, like it's nobody can nobody can control it or anything, you know. And and the disease that I have, it, it runs in my family, you know. But it didn't look like, you know, I'm black and gay and fabulous. It didn't yeah. look like, you know, my aunts and uncles who really struggled with alcoholism and what that looked like, you know, the shakes and and yeah. and, and and stuff like that. And um, so I just thought, like, but I'm different. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what that journey for me and my active drinking and using was it, the universe was like, boo, 
I love you, but you're, you know, you're, it, I, I love everybody. <laughs> I love you, but I love everybody. So you won't have to show up in some way, shape or form for yourself. Mm -hmm. The things that I was pouring into you and giving into you, I'm stripping away because other people need them. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to pour into somebody else. And the, and that, and what I did, my singing and dancing and acting were my like superpowers. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, and they were leaving Jinx. Yeah. I could always, and you know, and they were like not showing up yeah. and it scared me. Well, you know, what was I going to be? And it was just, it was a, a tearing down of, it was like a humbling mm -hmm. of, of, of James. Cause, cause a lot of that was like, I've got to be strong because I've gotten out of the projects. I've gotten out of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I'm in Europe touring at 18 and 19 years old. I did it myself. And so a lot of that was like, oh, you're not alone. You have a lot of help. You need a lot of help. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, um, you know, co-create with me. You're not running the show, but co-create <laughs> mm -hmm. this thing that we are giving you. Yeah. And, um, and and in 27, you know, at age 27 is when it all kind of turned around. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't want to be black. I didn't want to be gay. And I didn't want to be an alcoholic. Those were the three. Like, I just uh -huh. didn't want to be those things. And I found out those things. And 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 as I learned to love myself with those, it, it wasn't that I just inherently didn't like them. Mm -hmm. It was like, I just thought I got a fair shake. Yeah. I didn't get a fair shake about that yeah. stuff. And then what I realized is like, you know, if life was fair, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, then everybody would be, you know, you know, in some type of other thing, yeah. you know, doing some other thing. And so I really had to kind of like grapple with all of those things inside of me. It is really incredible to hear how many parallels and similarities in your story with my own story. And here we are 10 years apart. Mm -hmm. You grew up on this side of the country. I grew up on the other side of the country. You're black. I'm white. Um, you're cis. I'm trans. And yet, your story, I could swap out some details and would be my story. Yeah, yeah. My my conversation with myself about my reckless behavior, my irresponsibility, my um, addictions all came to a head when I had my vocal injury a couple of years ago. I had, an I had a hemorrhage on my vocal cord, mm -hmm. which meant I had to take two weeks off. And for a workaholic, this felt like my life was over. And how am I going to recover from this? And everyone's going to hate me. And, and, you know, here I am years later and everything's back to going good. Um, but it began the conversation for me because exactly like you said, I was like, here I am my whole life. My voice has been my singing, my, my superpower. And what am I doing that I'm risking losing my superpower? That's mm -hmm. stupid. But there was also this sense of I sacrificed so much for my work. And that feeling of this is for me, I need this for me, 
And it's something no one else can, you know, it's for me. It's private. It's don't I deserve, don't this? I deserve this? Don't I deserve that this? That was the mentality. And yeah, we do deserve to treat ourselves, but we have to look at what are we treating ourselves with? Mm-hmm. And is this actually a treat or right. is this a band aid? Mm-hmm. And band aids just cover up the wound, mm-hmm. they don't heal the wound. You heal the wound, yes. your body heals the wound. The Band-Aid just covers it up. Yes. So, yeah, there might be treats for ourselves that make us feel better in the moment, but is it healing the wound or mm-hmm. is it just covering up the wound? Right. And that is why as soon as I quit drinking, because between that vocal injury and actually quitting drinking, it was still like two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it began the conversation in my head. Oop. And... So now it's like, yeah, I travel everywhere with my PS5. <laughs> it's a hassle. Um, it, it's not always I'm, easy. I'm a, I'm a cookie monster. <laughs> like, I will go to every city and I'll be like, well, you know the cookies. The cookies in this city. Like, I, I people, you, you want to know about chocolate chip cookies in the city? I'm going to let you know where the good ones are. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I get it. It's the PS5. It's the cookies. Yeah, you, yeah, absolutely reward yourself. Especially when you're giving your all to something and you're making lots of sacrifices. But make sure that the reward you're giving yourself isn't taking more than it's giving you. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know, since day one of meeting you, um, you are such a generous performer. And not everyone, I can say everyone in this cast are generous performers. I have never been in such a large cast where every single person, I see us all. I don't feel like there's a single person out there who's just walking through the show, you know, who's just here twiddling their thumbs. And I've seen that in almost every cast I've been in, no matter how big or small, there's at least one person who's kind of treating the whole thing like, oh, whatever. (laughs) Um, But not this cast. And a lot of it's that familial feeling. But a lot of it also, Jinx, is like, because of the way the staging is Mm -hmm. and what what Walter Bobby and, and Ranking have done is that Everybody has a moment. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, even at the end, and, and, and Mr. Fossey was famous, you know, the dancers are introduced by their names at the end mm-hmm. of the curtain call. You know, everybody's got a moment. So, so you know, I don't think people get into show business to kind of like... Oh, <laughs> Fade into the know, background, you yeah. Know, you know, but in this show, and the, with the way that it's staged, we're on stage constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at that 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 um, overture, every all the ensemble is introduced. Yeah. We all have an entrance. You know, from 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 everybody has an entrance. Yeah. You know, all of those things matter. It, it's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. You in Chicago, the musical, this revival. Everyone is charged with the responsibility. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Fossey talked a lot about the dancers as actors. You are the you're an actor. That's the way you act. 
but you're an actor in this show, as well as the other principal roles. So it's responsibility that mm. you're seeing. Everybody's showing up to play the game. Yeah. You know, and that's how it works. There's no there's no secret why a lot of opportunities for revivals to run. You know, there's revivals all around the town, mm -hmm. you know, and they run for about a year or two and then they're out the door. There's a reason with the ingenuity of 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 of, of our producers, Brand, Barry and Fran, mm -hmm. but also with how it's staged and, mm -hmm. and also with the responsibilities of the folks on the stage, yeah. you know? And, and in particular, Jinx, <laughs> you know, this January, when 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 folks started coming back and 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 seeing you here, everyone is responding so wonderfully about <laughs> this show. And they say across the board that that it is just it's new life in Chicago, and you have a huge amount to do with that. So thank you, thank well, you very much. Thank you, and I say. It's easy to bring that energy when the cast is as generous mm -hmm. and as fun to be around, as fun to work with. And that's backstage, it's on stage. Um, I would love to talk to you a little bit about what goes into your Billy Flynn. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about what I observe and then, and then hear from you about if any of it's correct, uh -huh. um, but I have some theories, and then I, I I haven't really talked a lot on my podcast about what's gone into my mama, uh -huh. but my mama Morton was one thing before I met you, and is now a different thing. And what I love about this show and everything you were just talking about plays into something that's really unique about the show in that the costumes are simple. Um, they're elegant, but they're simple. They're very sexy and classy, but no one changes costumes except for Roxy and Velma. Mm -hmm. And even that's very subtle and you have mm -hmm. to be paying attention. Um, and then there's not a lot of props. There's no scenery. Mm -hmm. So it really is all about the performance. Absolutely. So the acting power of the people, because there's some musicals where if you're a good singer and an okay actor, you can get by. I think this musical, you need to be equal. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. You either got it or you don't. <laughs> so um, I would love to know what were some of the inspirations in your Billy? What I see is a Billy who is almost like an evangelist, mm -hmm. who is a lawyer, but is not worried about being a lawyer. He's uh -huh. more worried about being charismatic. Yes. He's more worried about how well he can manipulate people. He's mm -hmm. gaslighting people constantly. <laughs> um, but we love him. Mm -hmm. He's charming. He's mm -hmm. delightful. He's he's exploited. He's exploitative. But who cares? Because it's Billy. And he's in a tux. <laughs> and he's in a tux. <laughs> you know? And that's, that's what... I mean, this show... This show is all about loving the villains. You know, uh -huh. it's like there's not a there's really not a good person in this show. Maybe uh -huh. Amos and definitely the Hungarian. Uh -huh. Everyone else has got some kind of grift they're running and they're not that great of person. Right. But we love them because they're just over the top mm -hmm. at what mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your Billy. Well, well, first of all, being in the show for so for decades, I've seen the best of the best do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you steal from the best. That's yeah. what you do. <laughs> but you know, here's here's where my 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 
where I go with Billy, my departure from anything that I've seen, even from the African-American Billies that I've seen, mm-hmm. there's a sense of, of, okay, 1930s Chicago, black lawyer. Who do I have to be to have risen to the height mm-hmm. that, would, that would require you know, walking into jail, getting the hottest of the hottest mm-hmm. uh, tr- uh, uh, cases. What kind of Teflon suit am I wearing? <laughs> How sharp do I have to be? And th- that's where I work from. So it was it was interesting looking at like I was like I was like nineteen thirty is more like black, <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. There's, they had there was the bar associate the black bar they had cotillions they had yeah. they had dances they had all of these things and it's like Billy I I cannot afford a misstep because because of my race that I could be taken out instantly mm-hmm. like if I'm not as sharp as a tack mm-hmm. of course it comes from the church because mm-hmm. that that was entertainment mm-hmm. then you know and and that gets you going. That changes minds. You know, there's a lot of manipulation there in mm-hmm. in, in 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 religion and um, that um, evangelical kind of preaching. You know, but sharp as a whip. You mm-hmm. know, so that's why the speech. You know, yeah. the talking has to be crisp and clear, and you hear everything I said because it's it's about it's about that vocabulary. You know, it's a, it's a, it's it's charming. Yeah, it's okay. First of all, incredible, because I see all of that in your performance, like honestly, and it's not hidden. It's not subtle, but it's nuanced. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to say it's not subtle as in you're like up there ham fisting. Right, 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 no, right. your performance as Billy is incredible. It's just incredible. Like every scene you're in, you're on fire. You give your all on stage every single time you perform and then hearing everything you just said and then comparing it to, so the week before I took over was also the week before you took over. So I saw a different Billy on who was white and I've seen an understudy go on who was white, both wonderful performers, both wonderful um, Billy Flynn's and they did not have the same sense of urgency or um, urgency might not be the right word, but that what you're talking about is almost like um, like a requirement to impress. Absolutely. I'm ahead of it. Mm-hmm. I have to be. And that's cultural too. Yeah. Like, like living as a black gay man today. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my mother telling me, you know, you have to be twice or three times as good as the white people mm-hmm. just to even get seen. Mm-hmm. That lives within me. A lot has changed, but it lives within me. Mm-hmm. I've I've come across a lot of, of of barriers, but it still lives within me. But can you imagine how it lived in that Billy? Yeah, you know. So so I have to be three steps ahead as much as I can. That's what's so interesting about Roxy and I because she she, she just jumbles me a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like fuck. You know, she's like yeah, she, yeah. she's she's like she's thinking on her own. Yeah, and I'm not. <laughs> and I'm like, how dare you think on your own and have mm-hmm. you know? So that's that's the kind of the rub. Yeah. That that we keep coming in. That's what we keep rubbing up against. But um, it's so wonderful to live in that. And also, when I look around on Broadway, where am I going where I get to enact those superpowers on Broadway? Mm-hmm. If I'm not in Hamilton, mm-hmm. or if I'm not in The Lion King, where am I doing it? Yeah. 
thus, that's why I created my own show, you yeah. know, Triple Threat. But, you know, but it's it's like, I you when you look at the landscape, it's like, where am I going with what I feel I want to empower into? Mm -hmm. Where 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 are my powers? You know, that's that's also why I'm I'm a ferocious fucking lion out there. Yeah. Because it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for Billy, it's an opportunity for James. Yeah. You know? So it's like there's there's no holds barred. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 coming out the gate. I'm I'm kicking ass and taking names with a smile on my face. I fucking love it. I've said to you in different ways and multiple times just what a joy it is to work with you. But then also hearing about your process, it's, you know, my admiration for you as an artist and, and as a human being just grows day by day. One thing that I love about the way our characters interact is that they kind of don't, first of all. They <laughs> right. don't interact much. Yet, almost all of what I got for what needs to be in this character, mm -hmm. you know, going back to acting school days, text analysis, like what is said about this character? Mm -hmm. And the three big things, the three big descriptors that stood out to me is the word mama, obviously. Mm -hmm. So she's, you know, she's got to be maternal. She's got to have the, the grandeur of a matriarch. Mm -hmm. And... From for that, my grandma gave me everything because okay. my grandma was the grandest of matriarchs, and um, and then I also had my great grandmother Elwanda, Elwanda, <laughs> Elwanda, <laughs> who was even a step further. Um, so my my grandma and my great grandmother are definitely in my mama. Mm. But then we, uh, Billy Flynn refers to her, and it's both times it's Billy. One time he calls her Butch, uh -huh. and one time he calls her Diesel. <laughs> so I'm like, here I am, um, someone who was perceived male at birth, uh, identifies as trans femme now, a drag performer, playing a cis female role, who's Butch, so I'm putting manly mannerisms into uh -huh. this character. There's a lot of layers there. And then, of course, she's written to be queer-coded. Of course, I'm a queer performer, so I'm going to bring that into it. Of course, I know the history around queer people at this time. It sounds like you did your dramaturgy. Now, here we are, two queer performers playing roles that haven't always been played queer. Mm -hmm. And we have these little tiny moments on stage to connect with each other, which you always give me. You don't, there's nothing in the text saying Billy and Mama need to have a moment, but our performances are informed by those little moments. And once I started working with you on stage, any missing pieces of Mama were filled in. Uh, and then there's this, I have this whole freaking backstory for Mama. <laughs> I love it. Mama, but like in relation to Billy Flynn, first and foremost, Mama is a huge fan of Billy. Mm. She wants to be just like Billy. So anytime Billy's on stage, she's watching and learning. Mm -hmm. But then I realized it within week one, oh my gosh, I've always just seen Billy has to be straight. Billy has mm -hmm, to be straight. Mm -hmm. And then I saw in your performance when you turned down like a sexual bribe mm -hmm, from Roxy, I'm mm -hmm. like, 
And then it also goes in with what you're saying about how he has to be three steps ahead. He has to be at the top of his game. He can't make a single mistake. But then also, there's nothing that says Billy's straight in the script. And the one piece of evidence that we could have used to say he's definitely straight he turns it down. Right. And he could be turning it down because of his integrity. He could be turning it down because of this or that. But also, he could be turning it down because he just isn't interested. Right. And maybe that's part of how he's gotten here because he's never been tempted. Right. 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 My right, God, right, that right, blew right. my mind wide open. Right. Then when I started thinking, uh, James is Billy. I think might be queer, uh, uh, an undercover. And then I think about the things you were saying about culturally and when, and marginalized communities in the past got to make a lot of their own rules. And it's something yeah. that we're learning. There were trans people before Christine Jorgensen in the fifties. <laughs> we just didn't le- learn about them because our history books don't include what was happening in the underground cultures. Mm -hmm. So this blows my concept of Billy open. Mm -hmm. And then these little moments we have on stage, I'm like, Billy and Mama are both queer, taking care of each other, Mm -hmm. looking out for each other, running this grift together. Then you got Mary Sunshine, (laughs) who's also running a grift. Right. Right. (laughs) It's like, so now I am convinced that these three are in on the take together. Uh This is their pyramid scheme. This is how they all make their livelihood. Oh, yeah. The three of them work together. And then I just last night, I think, or two nights ago, was like, wait a second. If the three of them work together, they're all in on this take together. And then you look at the fact that they're introduced one right after the other. It's Mm -hmm. Mama, Billy, Mary, and all three of them come out and just state their philosophy. Mm -hmm. And it's very Brechtian in that way. Mm. They come out and they state their philosophies. And then the rest of the show goes on. And then you see these three. They're integral parts of this show. There's just so, that's why the show has run as long as it has. Because it's, however many years later, I've been studying this show since I was 13 and I'm learning new things Mm -hmm. while I perform it. (laughs) You know, and and, and, and and when John Kander talked a lot about how, you know, like, why isn't John Kander doing Cinderella? Mm -hmm. And he's like, because those stories don't interest him. It's It's the stories that are just a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Or just or turn turn the mirror, you know, to society, cabaret, kiss of the spider woman, like that 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 are are, are a bit subversive mm-hmm. that they really enjoyed. Yeah. You know, that queer sensibility about stuff they really they just felt felt natural in. And um you know, I, I remember having the talk um, ab- about Billy being queer to to some folks, and um, and and what that what that is, and what that 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 supports the Teflon mm-hmm. thing, being three mm-hmm. steps ahead, and um, and how much how much of my mother shows up in 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 it, mm-hmm. and um, and um, that that particular moment is very much my mother, you know, mm-hmm. 5,000 bucks. That's all <laughs> like that is, that is my mother. Very, very queer of me mm-hmm. to, to bring her there, yeah. you know, it's, and it's like, you know, the days of, 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 of masking and hiding all of that shit mm-hmm. are, are behind me Yeah, because I'm actually more empowered and more able to be expressive and, and reach across those footlights when I am really true to all of who I am. Yeah. You know, that is that goes all the way to the back. 
They people feel that and know that because that guy is authentically bringing these characters to life with mm. all of his powers. Yeah, you know, in that gumbo, you know, like in that <laughs> in that mix, you know, they're getting all of that because yeah. because at some level they're gonna get it anyway. Yeah, and <laughs> what I love about this cast is the authenticity that every performer is bringing to their character. And mm -hmm. some of us are playing very stylized characters. Some of us are playing more natural characters. But even as I say that, I'm like, who? Who's playing a natural <laughs> character? <laughs> um, it's a very stylized performance. However, none of it reeks of bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so proud to be in this show because of that. Um, now that my listeners have heard all of what goes into the work you do as a performer, all of the life experiences you bring into your work. Let's talk about this show you have written and are going to be performing. You are debuting a, a brand new show. It's a one-person show in which you play 20 characters. Yeah, 20 characters on the stage. Um, there's a few in video and in voiceover. But the show is called Triple Threat, a play that moves and sings. Mm -hmm. And it started out um, by commission from the Young Vic in London when I was working over there doing the Scottsboro Boys. And talk about being seen. David Land, who was the artistic director there, um, I had a meeting with him over tea, because you know about the tea over there. <laughs> and uh, we had some tea. And he, you know, I was pitching him a Sammy Davis Jr. project. And he said to me, Jinx, and this is the first time anybody's ever to me, he said, I love Sammy, but who are you? What mm -hmm. do you want to do? Mm -hmm. I'm interested in you. Nobody had ever said that to me before. Mm. You know, at this level. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, and he said, "Well, do you write?" And I said, "No." And he said, "Well, you know, if you were to write, you know, you know, just start writing." And so I gave it some thoughts, and I started writing this and that, and then I started writing little vignettes about my experiences being an active alcoholic and drug addict. Mm -hmm. And he was looking at this paper, uh, these papers, and he was like, "That's you? Mm -hmm. You were up to that?" Yeah. He's like, "That's not the person that I see or feel." Mm -hmm. And so I just continued to write. And um, I had friends of mine, uh, one of which is Nick Coleman Domingo, who's doing really well right now. Um, he's about to play Bayard Rustin, um, coming out on Netflix. Uh, it's called Rustin. Mm -hmm. And um, he, um, he, they, they were like my first readers of the first draft over in London. And then as with any good work, you know, it takes forever to kind of like mm -hmm. come to fruition. But in the pandemic in, in uh, 2020, had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I wasn't doing anybody else's work. Uh -huh. And so I really concentrated on Triple Threat. And uh, theater had heard that I was writing something. And they 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 did, we did a present, we did a five show presentation of it um, down in Virginia Beach. And um, it was great. And um, I did the whole thing of, um, you know, finding producers and finding presenters. And so now... Um, we will be uh, doing Triple Threat here in the city, off-Broadway. Uh, we're still looking for a theater. But um, but if you want to find out more information about Triple Threat, you know, you can go to my website. There's, like, a pop-up that says Triple Threat, and you can, like, you know, put in your information so you can get, you know, tickets for that. But it's going to open on Pride Week um, and, and run for the summer here in New York City. And um, it, it came, it was twofold. I looked around at the landscape mm -hmm. of, of what was going on here in, in New York City and, and in theater 
at large. And I was like, well, where am I going to go for what I have and for what I do as a song and dance guy? What mm -hmm. am I, if I'm not in Hamilton or Lion King or, <laughs> you know, something else, where am I going to go to to really uh, um, explore my what I'm calling creative responsibility? Mm -hmm. It's like that thing of like, I, we spend so much time doing this, so much energy, but we often have a little sliver in, mm -hmm. in particularly being a, a, an African-American person. We, we were a little sliver in somebody's show about something else. Yeah. That's usually the way that it goes. Yeah. I want more creative responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I looked around and I said, I'm not going to get it there. I'm not going to get it there. Maybe I should write it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's in the style of John Leguizamo, Lily Tomlin, mm -hmm. Whoopi Goldberg, but with a whole lot of musical theater. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I talk a lot about creating your own work when the work that you want to do or the work that you know you'd be best at isn't available mm -hmm. to you. And I do believe, you know, the more layers you have <laughs> that, that set you apart from what's considered the standard, yeah, the more you end up making some of your own work. But one thing we've talked about today that I really love is when someone takes the chance to let someone rethink something, mm -hmm. just how beautiful it can be to see this character that Billy Flynn, that I saw one way this entire time for the last 20 years of my life, and then didn't even ever consider I could see it a different way. Mm -hmm. And then here you are showing me all of the different ways <laughs> this character can be played in one performance. Mm -hmm. And it's just really incredible. And what I, I, I really love this freaking industry because yeah. you can bounce back and forth. Like, here you are. You've been um, acting in established scripted work your whole time. And now you're going on your venture of writing your own work, mm -hmm. whereas I did the exact opposite. I've been writing my own work for the mm. last 10 years, and I've done scripted established work before, but it's been a while. And then I come back to Chicago, and it was such a joy to realize, oh, wait, I can do this too. Mm -hmm. And it really ru runs well in conjunction with the stuff that I create myself, because now I'm going to go back to my holiday show this year. And when I'm writing with Dela, I'm going to have all of this experience being an actor and bringing all of that text analysis dramaturgy yeah. work in. And when you write your own work, kind of working backwards. Mm -hmm. But I've just been reminded <laughs> <laughs> that I have these skills and that when, when push comes to shove, you know, if you want to do something, you find the way to do it. Like we said, you can follow a path Sometimes the universe opens a path up for you. And if you're smart, tenacious, and not afraid of the hard work, you can always redirect things. Mm -hmm. You just have to kind of be open-minded to maybe it doesn't look exactly like how you pictured it. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, what it ends up being is even better than how you pictured mm -hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you said, the universe is, is much larger and, and more, you know, older and, and wiser, older and wiser yeah. than, than what you, you know, it's like, I got something better, boo. <laughs> you know, like, 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 but you keep on keeping on this in direction, but mm -hmm. I got something better for you. You know, and back to what you were talking about in creating your work and then doing established work. Um, 
like that kind of on the journey of creating my own work it's like I'm going back to that like six-year-old kid mm -hmm. who I used to wrangle all the kids together and like do <laughs> like make them do stuff and like write the script out, yeah. you know, and like let's create that. And then and then and then and then I went like into like the plays of school, you know, and then and then my senior year of high school, they didn't do a musical. <laughs> and I was like, How what are you doing you? to me? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? And I said, you know what? I'm going to write. So I wrote a killer review that mm -hmm. like it, it, it was just my own script. And so mm -hmm. every so often it cycles back around to that little kid. Yeah. Like, doing that and, stuff. And when we kind of remember who we were as kids and this I have to point out to anyone having a conversation with themselves about their use of any substance. Um. Because here I am, I am sober from alcohol. I still use THC and I, you know, I occasionally microdose mushrooms too. And there's, I, I say microdose in all capitals because <laughs> mama has had her trips on mushrooms. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for just the little hint of the buzz you can get. But, you know, that's. I'm having a constant conversation with myself nowadays. Now that I have identified what substances are not for me and I don't want to contribute to, it doesn't mean that I am not continually having conversations about my own THC use or, okay. you know, like there's still times where I'm like, maybe I'm leaning on this a little bit too much. But if you are someone having this conversation with yourself, remember that there was a time in your life however long it was, but there was objectively a time in your life when you were able to find joy without that substance. I had to remember that until I was 22, I did drag without booze. I convinced myself at some point that I couldn't do drag without booze, but I started at 15 doing drag and didn't start drinking until I was 22. So there was a whole period of time where I did drag without alcohol. And one of the things that helped me let go of alcohol is reminding myself there was a time when you found joy in your art form without the help of booze. Mm -hmm. So what you're talking about, revisiting who you, that excitement you felt as a mm -hmm. kid, creating your own backyard musicals, right, you right, know, right. that existed without any substance getting you there. Mm -hmm. That exists in you without alcohol or anything else. And it sounds like you're getting re you're retouching. What, what's the phrase yeah, here? The, you're reconnecting. Yeah, reconnecting, coming back around. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, here we are on another rung of it. Yeah. You know, and revisiting that that love and creativity again. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, there you are, old friend. <laughs> you know, let's let's see what triple threat is like, mm -hmm. you know, at this at this stage of the game. Yeah. So where can my listeners follow you online so that they can keep abreast with Triple Threat or mm -hmm. um, other shows that you are doing? Just to quickly rattle off some um, Broadway roles you've played. You've been in Kiss Me Kate in 2019, King Kong in 2018, mm -hmm. The Scottsboro Boys, as you mentioned, A Chorus Line, and of course, Chicago. And... Yes. Um, I don't know the answer to this, 
But you're in Chicago past me being here, yes? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here through March 26th so far. Yeah, so um, I'm here till March 12th, although everyone keep your eyes peeled because maybe I'm not here just till March 12th, but, you know, whatever. It's close enough. I'm giving you the hint. <laughs> Who cares? Um, so basically, you can see James T. Lane and I in Chicago through till the end of March. James, I have some compulsory questions that I ask every guest. Uh You may answer them however you feel. Um, Are you ready to be asked them? Yes. First question is, who is your celebrity crush today? Oh, goodness. Oh, wow. I love Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, Who else? Who else? Oh, goodness. Who am I crazy about? (laughs) Um, I mean, that's, that's the one that's kind of like, oh my goodness, he's handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. This is why I say answer it however you feel. Michael B. Jordan. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say Hari Neff today because, um, she just continues to break glass ceilings for, um, trans representation in the, in the mainstream media. And she's just on my mind today. So, um, Next question is, are you spiritual? Yes, I am. Do you fa- feel like going any more into that? or I, I, don't, I don't mind at all. You know, I didn't grow up going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I uh, kind of discovered as I came into recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always knew in my heart of hearts that, um, that there was a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't know. I always say that, like, I... I I knew life was spiritual, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how to practice a spiritual way of life. Mm-hmm. And in recovery kind of gave me the basis of that practice, which consists of meditation, mm-hmm. prayer, lots of writing. Um, I belong to MCC New York, which is the LGBTQ church. It's, it's like one, it's like the first LGBTQ mm-hmm. church they, you know, from the 1960s. Um, you know, used to sing in the choir, mm-hmm. you know, and um, what I get there is this like, sense of belonging they, yeah. they have great um they have a 24-hour drop-in shelter for homeless gay youth that's mm-hmm. very important to me um so so the spiritual aspect of that is what i'm interested in not necessarily what's coming from from the old testament or the yeah, New yeah, testament. yeah you know that's that's i was i wasn't there <laughs> but 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 I know you 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 have life and mm-hmm. I know that I have life and there's something else you know, larger that connects us all, you yeah. know? So that's what I say about that. But it's the practice of the everyday, mm-hmm. you know, of loving myself and being kind to others and, um, you know, and respecting and honoring that in the work, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the stage is sacred space for me. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I'm, I'm very grateful to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, as you know, it's like, as we talked about, you know, it was a long road. Yeah. You know, it was a long and winding road. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And and it's it's uh, <laughs> as sick. the radiator kicks in. Right, right. Um, listeners, we are in James's dressing room right now, backstage at the Ambassador Theater. We have a show tonight. Uh, the radiator's picking up. So I'm gonna ask the final question. <laughs> We're gonna wrap this up. But that was really beautiful because I, you know, I truly I believe that objective. Objectively, 
that sense of belonging, whether it comes from a community, from your chosen family, from your blood family, or just from one other person, Mm -hmm. I do believe the sense of belonging and a ritual or some kind of connection with something that takes you out of your own body and puts you in the mindfulness of being just a part of the universe, that old wise universe we were talking about. Those are objectively good things that you can practice in lots of different ways. Yes. My final question for you, and this is a loaded one for a Broadway actor, a Broadway musical actor, but what's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Suddenly by Billy Ocean. <laughs> I don't know that one. I'm um, so bad at is that that's pop music. Is that pop it is music? pop music. I'm so bad it, at know. pop music. Give me a little taste of it. Um, um, so the, it starts off. I used to think that love was just a fairy tale, <laughs> and then it goes on as it goes on. But um, the um, the chorus is suddenly life has new meaning to me. Maybe I know it. It's it old. lovely. It's old. Oh, it's old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like 1980s. Oh, you said Billy Ocean. I was thinking Frank Ocean. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was no. like, this is I don't I don't think I know much about Frank Ocean. Um James, yeah. you are just so fantastic. Thank Aww. you so much. Um, follow James on Instagram. That's James T Lane. J-A-M-E-S. T-L-A-N-E, um, jamestlane.com for all news on Triple Threat. Um, if you haven't seen us in Chicago, do your very best. Um, you know, if you can, if you're able to swing it, it's it's got something really special. And I think I think it's safe to say that. You know, this isn't just mine and James's opinion. I think a handful of people share the sentiment. So <laughs> if you get the chance, come see us. Um, see the queerest mama and Billy combo that's ever existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to High Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx here on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx. To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.